Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. If you've been tuning into our weekly show, you know that our overall topic of exploration this season, a season is 13 weeks, has been about creating miracles. Today, we'll consider that your life is a miracle. Yes, we can create and experience a variety of miracles in our lives, but have you ever considered that life itself is a miracle? And not just any life, but yours in particular? For most people, living their lives every day can involve so much that it could become easy to forget to appreciate exactly what life is to them. It seems that pretty much for everyone, life is getting busier and busier by the minute. Don't you agree? <laughs> no boy are those minutes just flying by these days. So the first thing you might need to do is to give yourself a bit of a pause. Yep, tap on that pause button on that screen in your mind and give yourself a deep breath or two. Let's do that right now. Oh, where's the pause button on the forehead? <laughs> Another breath. Relax a moment or two. Let yourself just be as you are. Whatever is the next thing on your to-do list can wait a moment because you're choosing as your next thing on your to-do list a pause for just being yourself and better appreciating and enjoying where you are right here, right now, no matter the situation you find yourself in. If you've been running around nonstop, you might find that when you do give yourself a little break and stop, you are more tired than when you were running around. And it's not because you are actually more tired when you rest. It's that you just didn't notice how tired you were when you were running around making everything else in the world more important than who you truly are inside. When you pause and bring your awareness back to your inner life, you start accessing much more of who you are as the undivided spirit, wholeness that you always are. When you even get a glimpse of that limitless you, all that you've piled up in your mind gets to go free and leave your mind. Woohoo! <laughs> Yet, as it's all leaving your mind, you become so much more aware of it all that it could get noisy and your mind could feel tired. Earlier on in my life, I noticed something really interesting. I would work two jobs usually and really looked forward to my vacation. But what I noticed was I wasn't much good for any fun adventure or activities for the first three days of any vacation I took as much as I wanted to go do fun things. It's true. 
just would wipe out. I finally realized that most often the first days on a vacation were the first days I stopped to give myself a little pause in my constant work mode. As the old saying goes, a woman's job is never done. I think nobody's job is ever done, actually. That seems true whether I'm at work, at my job, or at work at home. It seems that there's always something else that needs to be taken care of right now. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you wonder sometimes about how the world ever survived before you came along? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Besides all the buildup tiredness coming out when you first stop, all you're running around taking care of everything and everyone all of the time, you begin to gradually catch up to yourself. Catching up to yourself means becoming much more aware of who you are as spirit inside as opposed to running around in the world as a body. In a sense, that's the first step in any kind of meditation practice, isn't it? Catching up to your inner spirit self. All you do, as you do, and you become more aware of who you are in spirit, you begin to give yourself more space just to be who you are as spirit. Then since you as spirit are limitless and timeless, you begin to feel more relaxed in the world. The world is still zipping around its axis roughly at 1,000 miles per hour. You're just taking a pit stop for refueling your mind and body. While you're at it, you might get your tireds changed as well. (laughs) A little play on words there. After I get my required three days adjusting to being on a vacation, I begin to appreciate my life and my vacation so much more. Yes, appreciation, that's a word that's emphasized here. Appreciation takes time here in the world. Spirit is eternal or timeless, so appreciating is always and forever. But when you start becoming more aware of yourself as spirit, you start bringing the experience of appreciation into the world of time and space. You start appreciating that you even have a life. And if you give yourself enough time to sit there and give yourself a little time and space to meditate, to be in your inner spirit self, you will naturally begin to appreciate more and more all that you have. And you realize that you have quite an extraordinary life. It's not hard to be traumatized or at least heavily stressed by all the violence, abuse, crime, corruption, and insanity, and wars, and pandemics and terminal illnesses and deaths in the world. But it's pretty natural that when you let go of being stressed out or even traumatized, you begin to appreciate life itself. You begin to see life for what it really is rather than as an overwhelming, perfect storm of tragedies, pain, and suffering. It is difficult to feel wonderful when you know millions around the world at any moment are suffering in some catastrophic way, isn't it? But life itself not only isn't about disasters, trauma, and suffering, it never suffers or experiences pain. Life is beyond time and space, beyond this world, limitless and joyous. So why all the pain and suffering? Not one of us has lived a life without some kind of pain and suffering. 
Most of us have experienced plenty of both. And more often than not, it's more painful to witness, especially a loved one's suffering, than to go through it ourselves. Yet beyond all of that, life is not only free of pain or trauma, it is joyous. That's why when we feel joyously happy, we feel most alive. We're actually beginning to experience life itself rather than protecting ourselves and being separate from it. It would be correct to say that when you are feeling most alive and most joyously happy, you are more clearly connected to life itself. You are living the true life as it always is. The more disconnected from the real eternal life, the truth, the unhappier you are and the more you would experience pain and suffering. You experience life as a miracle when you are living that eternal, undivided life that always is. When your mind is filled with divisive images and choices, you experience only the faded glow of life filtering through all of that. Without experiencing enough of that never-ending life force, you don't feel joyous. It's not the ever-changing conditions in the world or the circumstances of your life in it that determine your happiness. It's always based on how you choose to respond to whatever the conditions and circumstances may be at any given moment. When you choose to separate yourself in some way by giving reality and power to divisive thoughts, you eclipse that eternal joyousness of life and experience increasing degrees of pain and suffering. When you do so, you unwittingly give power and reality to what obscures life rather than what validates it. Well, that's what seems to be the really challenging truth for any of us to fully awaken to. It's not that the truth itself is challenging. It's that the part of our consciousness and energy we've assigned to what is not true, that is challenged when illuminated in that light of truth. Yet it's grace offering us a way out of continuing to remain a hostage to what is not true that we've held in our mind. The amazing thing is that our creative power is so great that even a little drop of it that we invest in fiction gives potent life force to that fiction. It's that creative power inherent in each of us that we assign to what is untrue that makes us experience it as true and real. When we reclaim our own energy from those images in our mind, they turn out to be nothing but passing images in our mind. That is why the practice of emptying your mind is fundamental to most any type of meditation practice. When you sit down and relax and stop running around in the world, You quiet your mind down enough to become aware that even though your body isn't actively running around anymore, Mm -hmm. your mind is still (laughs) running around. (laughs) (laughs) That experience is actually you becoming aware of the images you've held in your mind that 
you were previously unaware of because your attention was on things in the world. As you become more aware of your inner life, the layers of images heretofore playing havoc in your mind start to surface into your conscious awareness. Those are the thoughts and feelings that most beginning practitioners of meditation complain about. Did I turn off the stove? How am I going to make my rent payment this month? I need to check my emails. I wonder if someone posted a comment on my Facebook post. I wonder why my friend isn't, hasn't replied to my text yet. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> what shall I have for lunch? What if that mole is cancerous? How could my best friend stab me in the back like that? And on and on those thoughts may go. Especially if you sit quietly and turn your awareness more and more inward to your inner stillness. If you become neutral to all those passing thoughts and feelings, sooner or later, you die down and your inner mind becomes quieter and quieter. Eventually, you empty your mind of all that mind chatter material and you begin to experience the true light of awareness and the absolute stillness of life. And you'll experience that as a limitless joyousness. So the distance between where you are currently and that complete peaceful and joyous life experience is essentially how many images you have piled up in your mind. In the early stages of going inward with your awareness, you'll find that the number is beyond counting. <laughs> it's a lot. This is a major part of what you might call your spiritual development, learning to discern the images in your mind from truth. The more you fill your mind up with divisive images such as judgments, guilt, blame, vengeance, hate, invalidation, competition, and so on, the less you experience life and the true miracle that life is. The more you learn to empty out your mind of all those untrue images with thoughts and feelings in them, the more you'll begin to experience the light of truth and the joyousness of life itself. You can say that so much of the horrors and destruction we see in the world come from most of us not experiencing the true nature of life itself all the time. If we did, we would all be joyous and celebrating and supporting life and each other in every way. Yet the world at this point still has too many people who remain hostages to the unhappiness of separation from that real life by looking mostly at what they believe makes them suffer loss and pain rather than to that which gives everything. They end up unknowingly perpetuating their pain and suffering. We mention this often in our shows. Life or spirit is always all-inclusive, never divisive and exclusive. Whereas all our, our egos are always divisive and exclusive. 
You can easily tell a thought of the ego because it takes some form of either or. Either you do this or else. If you don't get that, you will die. And so on. Thoughts from spirit, on the other hand, will take some form of both and more. Such as, you can accept the condition you are in currently. At the same time, have hope in healing yourself from it to be in a much better condition. It's never that you're stuck with what you don't like unless you can cure yourself of it. It's by fully accepting what you're experiencing now that you can have true healing. This is the beginning of being able to have life itself as a miracle, regardless of what seems to be happening at that moment. In every way, in order to experience the miracle of life as well as miracles in our life, we need to keep our sight on our ultimate destination, not get distracted by all the seemingly scary or worrisome obstacles that pop up along the way. Be aware of what pops up in your life, but keep your inner eye on your destination of freedom and healing. You have to deal with what comes up that you need to take care of in your life. At the same time, keep your sight firmly on where you're going. Don't make one thing an obstacle to you attaining the other. It's just that in timeless spirit, they both happen instantly. Whereas in the world of time and space, they each need to happen in its own time and space. That's why it said Time, patience, and perseverance accomplish all things. What you intuitively know to be will all come to pass in due course. Very good thoughts there. Well, we're coming upon our first break already, and we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass, Creating Outside the Box, Energy Work for Creating the Extraordinary, part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. It's happening on Saturday, April 2nd from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn to do psychic energy work to create outside what's expected, something outside the box of convention, and have perhaps a miracle. Wouldn't that be more fun and fulfilling? For all the details and to sign up, go to our April events calendar section at michaeltamura.com that's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-t-a-m as in mary u-r-a.com or call our office and speak with our assistant noel who knows everything about what we're doing at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours pacific time monday to friday we will continue in just a couple of minutes with your life is a miracle we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. 
a must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Our topic of exploration today has been Your life is a miracle. It really is, but you have to be aware and pay attention to appreciate the miracle you are living. So let's find out more about how your life is a miracle and what you can do to experience it more. Well, before the break, I was talking about uh, the (laughs) either-or-ness, the divided either-or-ness of the ego thinking. Versus the both and moreness of spirit. Well, the truth that in spirit all is, or that it's always both and more, is an important aspect of what both Jesus and the Buddha taught in different ways. The Buddha taught it as taking the middle path. Taking the middle path means not getting entangled in either or. In other words, we need to be neutral and not swayed by one side of a dichotomy or the other. The middle path is one of staying the course and not getting ensnared in either this or that. I love the often told Taoist parable of the old farmer whose horse he depends on for his farm and livelihood runs away one day. And as all his neighbors come over to offer their commiserations, saying how terrible that was, how unfortunate. And the farmer merely replies that, yep, it could be bad. It could be good. (laughs) Sometime later, the horse unexpectedly returns, but with several other horses in tow from the wild. Now the farmer not only has his own lost horse back, but several more able-bodied horses to make things easier for him on the farm. All the neighbors come over to offer their congratulations on his great fortune. The old farmer simply tells them, it could be good. It could be bad. (laughs) His young adult son was riding one of the horses to tame them when he got thrown off and in his fall broke his leg. 
Once again, the neighbors offered their sympathies, saying how awful it was that his son broke his leg. Well, what, what is the old farmer going to do? Because he relied on his son to you know, take care of the lot of the farm. Well, once again, the old farmer only replied, it could be bad, it could be good. Then a battle broke out against an invading tribe, and all young men were conscripted to fight. When the soldiers came to take the old farmer's son into you know, being a soldier, they realized that the man was unable to walk. He has recently broken his leg. So they denied him from joining the battle. The neighbors all came over and celebrated the farmer and his son's good fortune. And as always, the old farmer just said, it could be good. It could be bad. (laughs) Uh, Rafi and I tell this to each other quite often, you know, when things are going all kinds of crazy ways. It could be good. It could be bad. You never know. I like that story because it shows the ever-changing nature of this divided temporal world and that judging one situation as good and another as bad is not the truth. Besides, what was deemed good at one time may be considered bad at another time, just like what's good for one person may be bad for another person. The old farmer was walking his own version of the middle path. The world operates completely on polarities. Jesus spoke of it this way. Because straight is the gate, And narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Huh. If you latch on to one side or the other of any dichotomy in the world, you won't find your way home to the eternal, undivided life. This is essential to experiencing the miracle that is life itself. To live the miracle of eternal life You need to be aware of the dichotomies that make up this world and the dichotomies that surface in your mind. But at the same time, walk in between the two polar opposites in neutrality with your sight on the undivided life. It's like walking by a bunch of bullies hurling taunts at you and letting all those taunts be just what they are, nothing but meaningless words and energy to try to get you to take sides and just letting them be as passers-by. To walk through that straight gate, you have to keep your sight firmly established in the undivided truth, the limitlessness of spirit, the unconditional love of God. You have to decide to give yourself a break from all the past images running amok in your mind and look to the clearing where the miracle that is life shines unobscured. Yes, indeed. And how do you go about that when the world is seemingly tearing itself apart? That's been a question uh, people our age had back in the 1960s when the Vietnam War was going on and then other incredible things were happening in the world since then. And of course, our parents through World War II 
And, you know, uh, where Michael comes from in Japan, he was born just a few years after, you know, one of the worst parts, divisive uh, tools that humans have come up with was thrown onto the city he was born in. So, you know, uh, do we remain upset about this? This is one of the things I'm seeing, especially amongst spiritual people. Of course, it's okay to care. Of course, it's okay to have a heart for anyone who's being hurt or tortured in the world. But if you look at the bigger picture of what's going on here, this is the activity of the ego. And if you start to be able to pull yourself out of joining in with it, you know, one side or the other, you know, in in something that we're witnessing in the world right now, a lot of people are on one side and against the other side. You know, that's how the ego likes to operate, either or. It's either this or that. And if you start to really be tuned into spirit, this is the miracle for me because war used to really, really upset me. And, you know, if I let my emotions only step in, it still does, in a sense. But the miracle for me has been able to step back, ground myself, be in my own space, not whine about things because that doesn't help. That just adds fuel to the fire, so to speak, and ask myself as spirit, if I'm one of those action-oriented people, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to help? And a lot of times spirit will just tell me, be in your own space and pray. And not pray for one side or the other, but just pray for peace or something like that. Um, You're much more useful doing that than whining and crying about something really bad going on in the world because you join in with the energy of that and that affects your life personally. To me, now that sounds almost like preaching, but to me, that was that's one of the ways I've been able to really, let's say, aid in the most help I can give. And it was really great because um, this morning I got a series of texts from a friend who is a dreamwalker. She was born uh, in this way. She always dreams about incredible things that are about to happen or that are happening in the world. And in her text, she said, you and Michael were with me helping the people of the Ukraine. When I went to bed last night, I, I was not thinking about one side or the other. I was thinking about just peace in the world. And if that's where my soul went to help, I'm, that's a miracle to me. Yeah, and and I wanted to go further on that. Uh, but first, uh, uh, when Raphael said I was born in Hiroshima, uh, actually, that's where I died last lifetime. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I get time, those mixed up. Yeah, you know. this time I was born in Sendai, which got wiped out by, by the, the tsunami. tsunami and the yeah. earthquake a few years back. But... Uh, uh, that's a good example. When I died in, in Hiroshima with the atomic blast, that was deliberate. It's, it's not because I wanted to die. You know, I, I incarnated into that lifetime to go through this experience so that I can touch down here in the world of time and space and freshly be in spirit before I went all the way back home, so to speak, I was able to do my part, my work in in that lifetime from the spirit side of things. So just like Raphael was saying, uh, 
that, you know, as she, on a spiritual level, as a spiritual being, you know, when we put our bodies down to go to sleep at night, where do we go? Oh, we go out. <laughs> and rather than going out on the town, we go out into the more spiritual realms. But sometimes, especially when when there's major wars and catastrophes, disasters, whatever's going on that affects a large portion of humanity, many of us who are able to do this, we, we do our part. We do our work in spirit, even though in the physical everyday world, we're, we're not, you know, rushing over to, to uh, give medical help or, or bring uh, clothing or whatever food to the people in need. Ah, but there are plenty of people doing that. It's not about what everybody has to do. It has to do with what you have the most to offer. So I'm always grateful that for myself in this lifetime, and it has been that way for many lifetimes, just like in my last lifetime, I came in to an incarnation basically to die as a young little girl in what is considered a horrific uh, catastrophe uh, and, and inhumanity against humanity type of a uh, action of war. But my job was to come in and go, okay, get out of here and be in the in-between place so that I can help tend to those souls who were freshly just vaporized on a physical level, but at spirit, they're still spirit. You, you can't kill spirit. But it's consciousness that is traumatized. Part of my offering was that I knew how to die, whereas most people don't. They they. They don't even think about, they try not to even think about death because it's, it's too scary. And, and then when the time comes and if the death is, is very, very traumatic, and what was traumatic about the, the atomic blast wasn't uh, because they were just, you know, blown up. No, what was traumatic was the, on the effect of the psyche and, and the effect of the mind where once the soul no longer was incarnated in a body, it's, it's like a split second. Most people didn't even have a clue what happened. It's just like one minute they're doing gardening or walking down the street or eating or whatever. And the next moment, they're just, what happened? They're still conscious. They experience everything. But where, where am I? Where's my body? And a lot of souls I tended to didn't even know that they were not the body. So when the body's vaporized and it's gone, it's like, are they going crazy? Are they going completely nuts? And as consciousness, they were like zombies going, whoa, what happened? So it's not that much different 
than what the uh, UNICEF uh, aid workers, assistant workers, and 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 Red Cross and Doctors Without Borders, all of the people go to attend to those who are having a, a horrible time physically. Physically, and they take care of them on a more physical level and emotional level here on Earth. But what happens to the souls that are traumatized? Ah, they need help too. So each one of us has our expertise. Each one of us has something incredibly valuable to give in the times, especially of tremendous hardships. Ah, and we have to be able to do that at the level where we're good at. Believe it or not, we're already at our second break, and this is the time we make some announcements about our events coming up, which are mostly teleclasses and online right now. So we wanted to let you know about our timely and powerful four teleclass weekend event we're offering on Saturday, April 23rd, and Sunday, April 24th. And for those of you listening later, this is 2022. The title is Having Certainty in Divinity, Using Your Intuition and Making a Difference in a World in Fear, Turmoil, and Doubt. Included with this remote weekend event will also be our popular bonus Zoom Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday for anyone who attends one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend. The topics for the teleclasses on Uh, I'm going to say all the topics is two teleclasses per day. So the ones on Saturday, the 23rd, here's the first one, confused, afraid, or in doubt, how to access your intuition and know what to do. And the second one is want to help, but don't know how using your compassion, intuition, and power to heal. Then the Sunday teleclasses are as follows. The morning class is others suffering, getting you down. How to Heal Yourself and Help Heal Others. And the afternoon class is Want to Make a Powerful Difference? Having Certainty in in Divinity to Build a New World. For all the details or to sign up, go to our April events calendar section, michaeltamura.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, weekdays during business hours, Pacific Time. In just a bit, we'll be back with Your Life is a Miracle. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. 
If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We appreciate you joining us today. If you've ever wondered if your life is a miracle or is supposed to be one, well, that's what we've been exploring today. So let's keep going with that. And you're, before the break, you know, I was talking a little bit about my last lifetime uh, that I died in Hiroshima. And again, in this world, that's such a painful kind of an experience to, to look at your own death or to have especially a loved one die before you but in spirit it's it's just all experience it's not either or it's not if you live a really long time here it's good and if you don't it's bad no it's it's just each soul has its uh, appointment calendar (laughs) so to speak (laughs) and and living the miracle that is your life Everyone's actually living it already. The miracle, the life is already a miracle, but most people, good, good majority of people, never get to experience it except in you know extraordinary circumstances. It, it kind of bleeds through their consciousness, and they go, "Wow, this this miracle happened to me." But in actuality, it's happening all the time. It's it's available all the time. Because life itself is the miracle. But we, each and each of us here in this incarnation, has to experience it. We have to recognize it. So if we have our head buried in the sand of, you know, 10 zillion problems all the time and, and not knowing what to do and feeling powerless and all that kind of stuff, you miss out on the miracle that that you're already living because you get held on to the image in your mind that now this oh my life is just a disaster my life is horrible or or i was having a good time until this happened yeah we all go through that because that's what we call the ego is is it latches on to to negativity neg- <laughs> what we would call negativity because mm-hmm. what's negativity negativity is that which is divided it's negative meaning there's an absence so it's like you know a lot of people try to get rid of negativity but ultimately they can't because trying to get rid of negativity is like trying to get rid of the dark room Right. If if you're sitting in a dark room, how do you quote get rid of the dark room? 
You don't. Because darkness is an absence of light. The only way you can not be in the dark room anymore is to bring the light in, right? So either you open the windows, if it's a bright, sunny day out there, you open all the uh, shutters or the curtains, and then, oh, this dark room you were sitting in suddenly turns very bright. Or you turn on the light, artificial light. <clears throat> but you can't get rid of the dark out of the dark room, can you? Now, you can't use a vacuum cleaner. You can't use a broom. You can't use... <laughs> you can sweep it out. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, but you cannot sweep out the dark. <laughs> if, if we were having some kind of a you know, commercial sponsorship, I could, have, I could have plugged a product in the spray kind of thing, you know? Anyway... Nothing will take, get rid of the dark because it's just an absence. And that is even more true when you get out of the physical realm. Ah, life is pure light. It's bright, joyous, peaceful. It's, it's just everything wonderful that you can imagine and then more. It offers everything. But why don't we all experience that? Not just once in a long while as a rarity, as, as a special, you know, something, but all the time. Because life is like that all the time. But most of us struggle through life and we, we have pain and experience pain and suffering and all kinds of, you know, stuff that's very unpleasant. And yet... Oh, yeah, that's, that's where we have our, what, what, how do we experience anything? In fact, when you really think about it, what your idea of life, if somebody were to interview you and said, well, what's life to you? And some of you might say, oh, life is, you know, living every day and, and, and doing this and that and having fun, blah, 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 learning. Yes, but life itself, oh yeah, what you would consider living your life, no matter what happens, what you go through, it's all experience, isn't it? Yeah. When you say, oh, I did this and I went there and I talked to this person, you're talking about, oh, I did all those things, that was my experience. And then what happened while I was doing those things? This is what I felt. This is what I saw. This is what I learned. Huh, I had this intuition about this. I had a feeling about that. All experience. And where do we have our experience? Not out there in the world. We have our experience within ourselves, in our awareness. Without awareness, we don't have any experience, do we? No. Uh-oh, okay, so life's starting to get to be something very different than what everybody assumes. It's, okay, we, we all experience this experience, and we call the sum total of all our experiences, we call it our life. This has been my life. Ah, all right? So then, if we're experiencing everything in our awareness, that's how we're aware that this is what I'm experiencing. Okay. What do we have in our awareness? That, that 
experience we call in our mind because everything we experience physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything is in our mind. Mm-hmm. Ah, so what do we have in our mind? And that goes back to what I was talking about. Every, you know, meditation practice begins right there of you start to become more aware of what are you holding in your mind? And at first, most people think of, oh, yeah, I have all these mind chatter yeah, thoughts. And, and then I have these emotional feeling things going on. They're still experiencing in the mind. Ah, what are you holding on to? When you start to let go of all of that. Oh, it's like the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of the clouds in the sky. The sun shines through. You start to have more experience of life itself instead of life trying to filter through all the junk mail. Huh. Yeah, sometimes when you get so much junk mail, you miss the really important emails, right? <laughs> because they, they all look like the same, you know, it's just little subject head, headlines. And you're just going, oh, junk mail, delete, delete, delete. And sometimes I find, oh, oops, I shouldn't have deleted that. That was the email I've been looking for, but it was <laughs> 1,000 emails down. <laughs> it's like that in our mind. And But once you start to delete out all the junk mail, oh, your email box gets a lot brighter. It's, it's a lot easier to see. And you know exactly what's there. And then you go, oh, I want to read that email. I want to respond to that email. Yeah, this is productive. It's, it's something I'd like to experience instead of barrage of junk mail. Huh. And someone trying to scam, or well, usually a computer algorithm trying to scam you. <laughs> so that's, that's how we are with, with life. Get rid of the email. Just delete all the junk mail. And what you have left is what you're here for. And what you have left is the experience of the joyousness of life, of, of life shining through brightly. And... We call that happiness. We call that fulfillment. We call that success. So these times of great difficulties in in the world, ah, that's what we need to bring forth. What is it that each one of us has already within us to offer and in what way? One of the other thoughts that I had about um, your life being a miracle is you're here. You, you made it in. You know, there are trillions and trillions of beings out there wanting to have or needing to have the experience in their own growth of having a body and being in this dimension. Well, you're here. That's a miracle. And maybe even when you were born, your parents might have said, this child is a miracle. He or she made it in. Alive with ten fingers and ten toes, or even alive and uh, not perfect. However, whatever way you made it in, you're here. And one of the ways your life can be a miracle is having miracle-mindedness. And one of the things that I like to define that as is being open to seeing the world in a different way than perhaps everyone else does being open to being able to see how the world works 
and whether you want to get, it's like more of a choice to get entangled in the uh, over and over again of tension and release, tension and release. That's what war is, tension and release. Eventually it ends. So, you know, even just with fashion, for instance, and things like that. But I wanted to have one more comment here, which is, what do you do to get yourself in, into a space of being able to have and directly experience the miracle of life that is your life? Appreciation. We talked about that at the beginning. Meditation. Clearing out all the junk mail in your head. Creativity. Using your life energy for something that really uh, is what you want to put into the world and for yourself. Well, as they say, all good things must come to an end, and we're at the end of our show for today. Yet what's good only comes to an end in the world. It's forever in spirit. So the more you validate spirit, the more good that keeps popping up in the world. To help with that, we'll be back next Wednesday with our episode on communicating and creating miracles. What part does communicating play in creating miracles? How do you communicate to create more miracles in your life? To find out answers to those questions and a lot more, tune in. Remember our next teleclass, Creating Outside the Box, Energy Work for Creating the Extraordinary, is coming up Saturday, April 2nd from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. Be sure to also check out our special remote teleclass weekend event we're offering Saturday and Sunday, April 23rd and 24th, having certainty and divinity, using your intuition and making a difference in a world that's in fear, turmoil, and doubt. For all the class titles, write-ups, and other details, check our website events calendar for April 2022, as well as our upcoming newsletters and social media pages. Until then, be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.